Hello, and welcome to Asbury Methodist Church's podcast. My name is Forrest Devaney. I am the lead pastor at Asbury. I hope this podcast will enrich your walk with Christ, increase your knowledge of the Bible, and I hope it will be entertaining for you as well. Before we dive into the actual Bible study material today, um, a couple of notes on what's coming up. First of all, this will be the last podcast of 2023. So the, the next new podcast will be uh, likely in the first week of 2024. Um, and what we're going to be doing uh, in 2024, both for my first uh, sermon series of the year and also for uh, probably for these podcasts, is we're going to be going through the, um, the Global Methodist Catechism, which if, you're, if you haven't seen that yet, um, you can actually download it for free off the Global Methodist Church website, although we do have some hard copies of the books available here at the church. Um, <clears throat> the reason we're doing that is because it's important to know what we believe and why. And um, this has been one of the biggest failings, not just of the United Methodist Church, but of all of the the big mainline Protestant denominations for a really long time um, that we, we have not actually taught people what we believe and why. Um, we haven't taught people what makes us distinct. And it's not that, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe that, you know, it's not like I believe Methodists get it all right. And all the other denominations get it all wrong. Um, but it is important to understand why we're Methodists and what that means. And it's important. And the Catechism doesn't just do that. It does have Methodist distinctives in it. But it also covers the basics of the Christian faith. Um, and so we're going to spend the first uh, six weeks or so of 2023 going through that Catechism. You can order it online from Seedbed. It's a little paper booklet, so it doesn't cost anything. It costs like $5. Uh, but we do have, I believe we have some copies in the church office available if you would like one for free. Um, but you can also just find it online for free as a PDF on the Global Methodist Church website. Um, now the second thing is I, I had told you before, um, I'm not planning on uh, putting out the the sort of church-wide Bible reading plans next year that I've been using this year and the year before. And the reason is, one, I'm kind of tired of doing them. Not tired of reading the Bible, but I'm tired of um, organizing all my reading based on plans. I'm trying to get everyone else to follow. Uh, it it kind of limits my own personal discipleship. Um, but also, I'm not totally sure how many of you are actually reading along with those plans. I know some of you are, and if you're listening to the podcast, you are probably uh, more likely to be some of the people who've been following along with those Bible reading plans. But I don't know that the whole church has been doing that, and so I'm... I'm Stepping away from that, at least for a year, to give myself some more freedom in my own personal uh, Bible reading at home, but also in terms of how I plan my sermons and my preaching and my teaching. Um, so what I'm going to be doing for my my own personal devotional life, and if you want to do this, you're welcome to as well, um, I'm using uh, the 2019 Book of Common Prayer, which is uh, put out by the Anglican Church in North America. You can find copies of that at anglicanliturgypress.com. There's also a, a free smartphone app 
And what I'm using out of it is the morning and evening prayer section. And um, there's a couple reasons for this. One, I'm a Methodist. And many modern Methodists don't realize it, but part of John and Charles Wesley's original method for which they were named involved praying morning and evening prayer every day out of the Book of Common Prayer. Now, because this is the 2019 version and not the 1662 version that they were using, uh, it is slightly different because the language has been updated. Um, but the basic structure of it is not that different. Um, and I would encourage, if you want to do it, I think it's a great devotional tool. I've been actually using it now for the last month or so on top of our Advent devotional. And um, it's very simple. It starts with an opening quote from a psalm or a piece of scripture. It gives that to you. There's a prayer confession, an invitational prayer, and then you skip ahead into the psalm and you read several psalms. The idea is if you do this morning and evening, you will pray through the entire Psalter once a month. I really like that. Um, as you're reading through it, since you're doing this just by yourself, you can ignore all the stuff about the priest says this, the people say this, and you can pick and choose which parts you want to read. You don't have to read the Apostles' Creed twice a day if you don't want to. You don't have to pray the Lord's Prayer twice a day if you don't want to. I would, I would, the, the things to me that are most important are the prayer of confession. Uh, I like the invitational prayer a lot. The Psalms. Um, and then the collects. They're spelled collect, but it's pronounced collect because Anglicans are weird. Um, and there's, in the 2019 Book of Common Prayer, there's a different one for each day of the week. Uh, and then there's some in the back that take you through the Christian year. Um, and if you do this all in the app, I believe it kind of organizes this, this all for you. Uh, and then there's a, when you're done with those, then there's a prayer for mission. And then after that, there is a, this would be where if you were doing this as a service in the church, there'd be a time for the people to offer up their own prayers of intercession and thanksgiving and praise and that kind of thing. And that's my, that's kind of where I put in my um, my own prayers. Um, and this also includes, by the way, after the Psalms, there's a, there are scripture readings. And you can find in the very back of the Book of Common Prayer a lectionary, which gives you your scripture reading schedule. And it, and it does it for morning prayer and for evening prayer. And so what I like about this is I'm, I'm beginning my day with prayer and scripture reading. And I'm ending my day with prayer and scripture reading. And if you follow this for the whole year, it will take you through the majority of the Bible. It doesn't do the whole thing. Um, for instance, it won't take you through every single chapter of like Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It won't make you do that. It won't um, It won't do, like when you get to the historical books, Samuel and Kings and Chronicles, it doesn't do the entirety of those because it avoids repeat stories. <clears throat> and so it goes back and forth between some of those. But it's a great devotional resource. For me, what I like about it is having that structured prayer means that on days when I don't really have words to say, whether that's because I'm deeply distressed or just because I'm tired or because I'm feeling spiritually very dry, I still have prayers to offer. And that's really valuable. Um, 
And so it keeps me it, it keeps me on an even keel. So I like it a lot. That's what I'm going to be doing for next year. Um, I've done it before. It's not my first time using it. Um, and I, I just have found that over the last year I've missed it. Uh, I've missed using that. So I'm going back to it. And that'll be my reading plan is it'll be going morning and evening uh, with, with the lectionary that's in there. Uh, so if you want a Bible reading plan, that's a good one. But what I would encourage you to do is to go and, and find a Bible reading plan for yourself. Find one that suits where you think the Spirit is leading you in the next year. So you might need to sit and, and pray and, and think about that for a little bit. Um, maybe you don't need to do the whole Bible in a year. Maybe you need to do a deep dive into the Gospels. There are reading plans that spend an entire year just reading through the four Gospels and going deep into those. Maybe that's where God is calling you and, you, and that's what you need to focus on. Find the plan that works for you. The one thing I would, I would say is that you cannot do is do not go into 2024 without a Bible reading plan. Do not do that because if you don't have a plan, you're not going to do it. Um, you know, it's like when you if you if you go to the gym without a plan for what you're going to do, you're not going to have a good workout, right? You're gonna you're gonna maybe sit at a machine for a little bit, scroll through your phone, and go home. You won't do anything productive. You have to have a plan. You have to know what you're going to do. You have to know what your goals are, and if you if you pause for a bit and Ask the Lord to guide you. He will give you some guidance as to what you need to do. So figure out what you're going to do. Have a reading plan. Uh, but I want to really encourage you to, to take this on for yourself so that each one of you can be following a Bible reading plan that is taking you where you need to go. You may decide that, that doing something like me with the Book of Common Prayer is good. You may decide you need to spend a year in the Gospels. You may decide you need to spend a year in the Old Testament. Who knows? I don't know what God's going to do. But the world is full of Bible reading plans. You can even go to Mardell and find multiple different Bibles that are organized according to a reading plan. Uh, and those might be a great choice for you. Whatever it is, whatever it is, have a plan. Go into next year with a plan for how you will read your Bible. That's my plug. Now, um... Very briefly, we're going to deal with Advent. And, and this is the last week of Advent, and it's kind of strange because uh, the fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve. Bit of a strange schedule this year. Um, for obvious reasons, every year in Advent we talk about peace joy, and hope. We throw love in the mix there too, but we're Christians, so that's not exactly unusual. Um, we, but <laughs> peace, joy, and hope. Which are obviously important themes for Christians to have and to understand and to build our lives around. Sometimes it's easier said than done.
you know, I know for me, um, hope, that's, that kind of comes naturally. I, I'm, I'm an instinctive optimist. Drives my wife crazy, because she is not. She's the opposite. Uh, but I'm an instinctive optimist, so hope for me has never been a struggle. Joy, never been that much, maybe more so of a struggle than hope, but not as much. Because uh, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. You know, if I have a bad day at work, I'm really good at going home and and compartmentalizing what's happened at work and focusing on what's going on at home, and vice versa. If I'm having a rough time at home, I can compartmentalize when I'm at work. And and so that means that when something in my life is causing me distress, I, I can still find joy in uh, in doing things that bring me joy. Um Although that's not the same thing as finding joy in Christ, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, peace, though, I, I think is one of the things I struggle with the most. It's so hard. So hard to find peace for me. But I, I don't think I'm unusual in that. You know, Paul talks in the Bible about the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And I have experienced that from time to time. But not consistently. And there have, you know, I, I found it happening like in moments. Um... I've experienced the peace of God when I've asked for it in specific scenarios. And so what I mean is like I've, when I, uh, a good example is when I was um, dating Mercedes and we were, I was getting ready to propose. Uh, I, I asked, I asked the Lord to, to guide me and, to, and to help me understand if, if this was a good idea or not. And I don't believe in the whole idea of soulmates or that there's only one, um, uh, you know, that you find your perfect person or anything like that. Uh, but I do believe that that there are people who it's wise for us to marry and people it's not wise for us to marry. And so I asked God to, to let me know if this was a good idea or not. And I felt a lot of peace, a lot of peace about that, which uh, is significant since when we got married, I was 22 and she was 23. So um, when I... Uh, which means I was, and I, I, we, I was twenty when I was praying that prayer, because um, I turned twenty-one like a month before I proposed. Uh, so just to give you an understanding of why I, I needed that peace, uh, I was that's how young I was, and, and I felt a lot of incredible peace about that. And it turns out that was right. Um, and the same goes for um, for a lot of things, like when you know. But but there's also been times when I haven't felt that, and it, and. Not because God hasn't offered it to me, but because I closed myself off to it. A really good example is when we were moving here from Port Lavaca, and we were, um, my wife will, will corroborate this, but that was the most anxious and stressed out I've been in my entire life because we were buying our first house. Uh, we did not have any savings. We didn't really have any credit. And so getting a mortgage was 
taking forever and it was stressing me out and money is already something that stresses me out. I don't like to deal with it. I don't like to talk about it. Um, and in hindsight, um, I closed myself off to the peace that God was offering because I, I, I didn't want to have that peace. Does that make sense? There are times when, when experiencing the peace of God requires a level of surrender that we are not ready for. Requires a, a giving up of control that we are not ready for. And particularly when we are talking about something that causes us a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, we reject the peace of God because we are afraid to do what is required to achieve peace. We're afraid that if we encounter that peace, that, that it will mean that God, we've, we've lost control. And of course, that's exactly what happens, right? I mean, when, we, when we really experience God's peace, we are actually giving up control and letting God steer the ship. And we might be fine with that when, when everything's going smoothly, but when everything's not going smoothly, that's a much bigger struggle. And that's my biggest struggle. Well, not my biggest. It's, it's one of my biggest. Yours may be different. Your biggest struggle may be joy. It may be hope. But you know, the hope that is talked about in Scripture is not the hope of a naive optimist like me. Because that hope is based in a future I can imagine, right? That's what optimism is. Optimism is imagining the best possible outcome and believing it will happen, but uh, but the hope that is offered by God is is based on a future that is better than you can possibly imagine. And it is based not on a hypothetical, but on the sure and certain reality of what God has already done and the future that is guaranteed by God's present actions. So if you struggle with hope because you can't imagine a better future, stop trying to imagine a better future. That's not what this hope is about. This hope is about looking at what God has already done and believing that his actions in the past and in the present guarantee us a future that is better than anything we could ever hope for. And the same goes for joy. The, the joy that God offers is not the joy that is to be found in the kinds of distractions that, that uh, draw our minds off of our problems. It's really easy to think that that's what it's about. But it's not. The joy we talk about when it comes to Jesus is the joy of Him. The joy of His presence, the joy of His power, the joy of knowing that He has saved us. And you see, they all, they all tie together. 
They all relate. And they're all rooted in the reality of what Jesus has already done. Which is why we are celebrating on Sunday. We're celebrating not just his birth, but all that he has already done for us. Peace and joy and hope rooted in the reality of what he's already done for us. Because what he's already done guarantees for us a future better than anything we could have hoped for. It assures us that he is actually in control. That he can run things better than we can. He can he can solve our problems better than we can. And he's already begun that. Peace, hope, and joy. When we struggle with these things, it's not because God isn't offering them to us. It's because we are looking for them in the wrong places. We find our peace in Jesus. We find our hope in Jesus. We find our joy in Jesus. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.